What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to Frameskip. You've got the dynamic duo this week. I am one of your hosts, Seth Slakehouse, and with me is George of the Jungle Loftus. Watch out for that tree, indeed. (laughs) (laughs) So, George of the Jungle, he was the monkey, right? No, no, he was the he was the Tarzan ripoff. Correct? Yeah, it was a it was a, it was a comedy. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. So I bring that up because I thought for a second because there's Curious George and then George of the that's, Jungle. Yeah, Curious George is the monkey. Yeah, and Curious George doesn't have a tail. Are you aware of this? Never paid attention to it, to be completely honest. It's a Mandela effect, and people are like, "Why wouldn't Curious George have a tail?" But he doesn't. Curious George does not have a tail. The Mandela effect it, really screws me up. Are we sure he doesn't have a tail or is he just like really mischievous and always behind something and we just can't see the tail? Curious George in this timeline no longer has a tail. Oh, okay. Dude, there's there's so many things about the Mandela effect that really mess me up. Like the first one was the Bernstein Bears, right? You've yeah. surely heard of this. Where yes. Bernstein. My mom read the, those books to me every night as a kid. Like, my mom was very illiterate. I remember seeing it. No way. Not ha- didn't happen. Mm-hmm. I don't want to hear this collective, well, we all remembered it the exact wrong way. It's ridiculous. And then there's the, the one that really gets me is the Disney movie opening where Tinkerbell flies to the top of the castle, hits the top, and the, the sparkles come cascade down. Never happened. And I'm like, wait, what? That never happened, George. I don't, I don't believe you. <laughs> it never, sure. George, that never happened. I'm telling no, you. Sure, surely that's happened. No, it doesn't. That's <laughs> no, no, that, like, no, I know exactly what you're talking about. Like, she's got like the weird, like, like wrist, like she did, like yeah. springs it back and then, and then bops yeah. it with like a little, little wrist flick. No, that, that must have happened. George. The sparks. No, Seth, I, I know the sparks. <laughs> so do I, but it doesn't exist. Someone went right. back into the timeline and changed something, and that no longer exists. What if someone changed that, got rid of that, and like that's why we had nine eleven? Like, what if nine eleven like <laughs> never actually happened? But they were like, you know what? Like this this opening for Disney is just too sexual. Um, we can't have her flaunting off her sparks. People might read that as a metaphor. Let's just remove that, and then all of a sudden, Domino, bigger Domino, bigger Domino, biggest Domino, nine eleven. Like, yes, yeah. Or maybe they changed something that led to the Hitler coming into power, because that doesn't really make me any sense from a historical perspective either. It's a it's a weird the Mandela effect messes with me. And okay, I can you imagine like you're a comic book fan? Sorry, I'm just I'm just stick with me on this. Like, like can you imagine Bishop from the X-Men, but just doing the most inconsequential stuff? Like like just like moving, <laughs> it's just like, oh yeah, there's a children's book. Oh uh, yeah, the Berenstein Bear. No, no, let's change it to the Berenstein Bear. Like like it's <laughs> yeah. like is it yeah? Is it an experiment where it is like let's just do the most innocuous, banal changes we can to the timeline just to see how they react? It's it, dude, it, and it's getting worse. Like the Tinkerbell one was the most egregious one I've ever seen because like you, I can vividly remember and picture that in my head, and then like this blew up. Like it was like two years ago. This came and everyone's like, no, it we can't find it anywhere. It never happened, and it's like. 
what? Excuse me? And then, sure enough, it's gone. Never happened. Many of your old Disney videos are going to have it. It's not on YouTube. Nowhere. I just, I love you, Seth. I know you'd never lie to me, but I also don't believe you. I cannot reconcile that that never happened. That just does not make sense to me. I know it doesn't make sense. I'm, believe me. It made me want to freak out. Is that the one that's hit you the hardest? Yeah, that, that, that's a, that's the one that's hit me the hardest out of all of them. The other one is like the Monopoly man not having a monocle, no hyphen in Kit Kat. Um, the the wait no hold on the uh, the Monopoly man I can I think I can explain. Yeah, it's people. Like the, well, the Monopoly people, man didn't have one, but then in Ace Ventura two, when he knocks out that guy at like the the South African embassy or the Kenyan embassy wherever he is. He like punches him out and he because he, he refers to him. He's like, you must be the Monopoly guy. And he had a monocle. So I feel like that's why people have retroactively, collectively recalled the, the Monopoly man having a monocle. Um, I see. I've never seen Ace Ventura. Oh, man, the second one. Second one's an underrated sequel. There's just. The, the other one is um that blows my mind is the emoji for. The robber, the robber emoji, never existed. I can't picture that, so you're on your own yeah. there. Bernstein Bears, uh, Sex and the City. It's not Sex in the City. Um, Febreze having... No, it was always Sex and the City. See, I always thought it was... Se- I, see, I never watched it. Some of these I will chalk up to, like, <laughs> you've heard it wrong or you misremembered it, right? hmm But the Disney... Tinkerbell one. I won't. The Disney thing, I a thousand percent remember sparks coming from like the top of like whatever their Paramount Mountain was, right? Like that was Cinderella's castle. Yeah. Whatever, right? Yeah. 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 The other one that messes me up is the Fruit of the Loom logo not having a cornucopia behind it. Yeah. So Mandela that, effect. That I can't remember. Like it feels right, but also am I just picturing every Greek painting of like every Greek vase vase of, of fruit? Yeah. I don't know, man. It's it's weird because they say it's like, oh, people misremembering it. But did we all misremember it the same exact way? Did we all like that? That Tinkerbell intro is so specific. You know, like you can, you can picture her flying around and then tapping the castle and the sparks flying down the Disney World. Yeah, it's like we, there's no way we all misremembered that. Yeah, but also like if any company on the planet would be able to scour and delete any footage of something like it would be disney like they're they're so litigious you know yeah but it wouldn't be record yeah it wouldn't disappear from your vhs tapes or your dvds but i mean i haven't looked i i don't think i actually own any disney dvds or yeah i mean like like, for me that had to be like a specific era right like a like a six vhs run or something where they were just trying that out you know but it feels like you've seen it a thousand times right I don't know if I've seen it a thousand times, but I like remember it. Are we sure it wasn't like on the Disney Channel presentation of movies? I mean, I don't I don't, I don't know exactly where I've seen it. OK, yeah. I like how we haven't mentioned why it's called uh, the Mandela effect. Like we, we haven't we haven't mentioned Nelson Mandela. Um, Nelson Mandela dying in the 80s. Yeah. See, yeah. that I I don't get. Okay, see, I was... Okay, this is a great, great example of why this is kind of screwy. Because I wasn't alive in the 80s. I was born in 90. Mm-hmm. 
But so I remember him actually dying and then people being like, oh, I thought he died in the 80s. It's like, no, I think he was just freed from jail in the 80s. Mm-hmm. And then once it stopped being a culturally significant problem for you, you just assumed he died. I never knew anything about Nelson Mandela until the Mandela effect. I didn't even know who he existed. And I was like, oh, what's this? Why is it called the Mandela effect? The other one I remember is Muhammad Ali dying. But he didn't die until way later. I thought he died like earlier. And a lot of people think that too. I don't know. It's weird because there's like, there's like people, there's a lot of doubters of it now. But people say there's a lot of evidence that supports like we might just be merging with alternate universes. Like there's a lot of um, quantum physics that would support that happening. So. Oh uh, yeah, well, because was it like the uh, what the the particle collider, right? CERN. Sorry, I was trying to remember yeah. what it's called. Because like that was going active like in 2012, right? Like wasn't that when like right first... when all these things start popping up? Yeah, yeah. So it was like then, and uh, like that was when like the minds predicted like the end of the world, and it's like oh well, actually it wasn't like the end of the physical world. It was just the end of like incongruent timelines, you know. And that's just <laughs> has anyone Maybe considered that's why people. That... Maybe that's why people really thought JFK Jr. was going to come back and become the actual president instead of uh, Joe Biden and, and Donald Trump last year. Because I can't explain where the hell that idea came from anywhere else. Uh, do you have anything? I'm like actually actively researching this. And I'm just like, wait, why did they think that? And I can't find anything. I don't know. The, J- the, the Kennedys were like a, a pretty evil family in in hindsight that uh, that's a different topic for another time. but. Yeah, dude, it's 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 weird, but like, maybe we should talk about some some video games, huh? I don't know. This is yeah, in a minute, just actually. <laughs> no, 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 we can, we can. This is this is a good conversation, anyway. Um, we yeah, we do know. need a spinoff podcast, I think, with just you and I, where we just go wildly off topic. Maybe that's what it's <laughs> called. Maybe it's just called wildly off topic. That's a great name. That is a great name. And we just see like how far away, like you know, like Wikipedia, like uh, burrowing or whatever, like r- the rabbit hole. Just trying to see like how far like let's find two connected subjects and try to uh, connect them. Sometimes I get really bored and I'll try to get to some spot on Wikipedia from another random spot. Oh, no. Yeah. No, friends and I have done that, too. We try to do it's like six degrees of Kevin Bacon or whatever we see who can do it yeah. in the fewest amount of steps. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. It's a good time. That um, would be a fun podcast. I would listen to that. All right. Well, how you been this week, George? I haven't talked to you in two weeks. I missed you. you been? I've been all I've been all right. I started a new diet um, where there's like no carbs, no starch, no sugar, no alcohol, uh, no processed foods of any kind. Uh, I hate everything about being awake at all times because I realized like all my tea <laughs> has like stevia leaf in it, which is like mm-hmm. a sugar, basically. So I can't have any of my teas. So I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm just tired all the time because I have no <laughs> Like, I pretty much cut out caffeine, but I get a little bit from, like, some of the teas I would drink. And, man, I'm just a, a walking shell. Like, I feel really low energy right now, and I hate it. Once you get through that initial stage, like, you'll feel a lot better. You know, once, once your body adapts to not having tons of chemicals running through it. Yeah, I've done this diet before, and I've, I've dropped, like, 25 pounds every time I do it. So, like, I know this diet's good. I know it, it it's worked before. Um, I'm getting ready for my beach bod. Really excited. Um, but gosh, darn it, man. I really miss bread. Bread's cool. Bread is. Dude, when you get a like well cooked piece of like Italian bread, you know, like at the the Italian restaurants 
mm-hmm. it's got the butter on it and whatnot and it's the crispy outside and you just bite into it it's like oh i know you're paying I hate to sound i hate to sound super boring but like every wednesday would be like my like home sandwich day where i would uh you know just get like butter sometimes mayonnaise I'm, i'd be crazy and i put mayonnaise on the outside of bread and i make a grilled Whoa. cheese make a grilled <laughs> cheese with like mayo and the butter i promise it's good it's mostly egg anyway and mayo uh so I'd do that and then do like a little havarti and then do some uh like mediterranean turkey and throw that on like some potato bread and oh god i, I would murder one of those right now mayonnaise might be the most underrated ingredient it's essential it has to happen Whenever yeah, I make a turkey that sandwich, was like, advertising campaign i've always worked on for so much dumb stuff i was like it's not a condiment it's an ingredient you know like it was always like harkening <laughs> back to that idea because like it's so fundamental to so many different things i think that oh, yeah. is fantastic yeah i mean you can't you can't have the best luxuries in life without mayo That's it's, a, point, it's yeah. a written rule um, what do you really quick, <laughs> what have you been playing really quick besides that i've also okay, I've, been, I've been on a tear just not even reading comic books but buying comic books i've bought oh, no. so many comic books recently digitally or physically uh physical i've been i don't know what it is but i was just like man i kind of i kind of miss superman so i've just been buying like these random lots on ebay of just like old action comics for like you know a dollar each 50 cents mm-hmm. each and just getting like boxes of like 20 of them delivered it's been awesome filling that out i also ordered um this huge lot of do you remember that spider girl comic from like the 90s yes I ordered that and I'm so excited for that to get here. I got like 84 issues of like the 120, I oh, think wow. that was in there. So big, big chunk of that collection. Excited to finish it off. Nice. Nice. dude. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, I had a Superman run in the mid 20 aughts. That's what they're officially called, right? 20 aughts. Yeah. yeah. Or the, the 20 teens. I think it's just the aughts, but yeah. Um, When the new 52 started up. Not because... I like Superman, but because I heard the new the Wonder Woman New 52 comic was good, which it was. I, I really enjoyed that. And then yeah. they had the congruent series Superman Wonder Woman where they actually dated. And I thought that was I, I thought that was a really good comic. Yeah, and I read that all the way through and um, I picked up Superman alongside it for a little bit. But I've never been a Superman guy other than that short amount of time. Because I, I always thought Superman was boring. The book that really got me into Superman, I agree. I always thought he was kind of boring, too. I started, like, buying action comics just because I'm like, I want to understand what Superman was. But, like, I don't know how long before I enjoyed it. But then one summer, uh, DC had released a uh, Return of Superman trade paperback that was, like, four inches thick. Like, it was just, like, old phone books. And it was 20 bucks for, like, the entire death and return of Superman arc. And it was absolutely incredible. I love that story so much. And that was what made me a big Superman fan. My biggest problem with DC currently is the fact that it feels like every justice league story is the same. Now I haven't read DC justice league in years at this point, but it always feels like it's all right. Let's delay the bad guy until Superman gets here. And that's why I was like, so disappointed with the justice league movie because I was like, Oh cool. Like they're, they're fighting. Um, who was dark side? No, it wasn't dark side. It was Steppenwolf. Um, Steppenwolf. That's <laughs> Steppenwolf. Um, like I was like, oh, cool. They're fighting, you know, Steppenwolf. But in the back of my head, the whole time I was like, Superman's going to show up. Eventually. And that's exactly what happened. It's like, okay, well, that's kind of what yeah. always happens. I feel like. No, I think that, I think that's a, a pretty fair complaint. I do think that the recent Justice League comic has, has generally done a better job of that. Like it was 
started off and had like 50 issues during rebirth and then that series ended and then there was a four issue like let's really mix things up by scott snyder i cannot remember the name of that miniseries i'll get back to you and then he started like a brand new justice league series and then it was really good for like 30 something issues and he bounced and then i think it was brian michael bendis who just bounced for joshua williamson who's like now sort of like the the de facto like architect i think like writer architect at dc right now dollars to donuts george avengers versus justice league which is better the justice league are better heroes but i don't care about them nearly as much as i care about the avengers justice league wins in a fight every time all right that's the correct answer yeah, but I just don't care about the Justice League as a pro. I really like a lot of Justice League runs. Like, I think the Grant Morrison, Howard Porter runs really good. I really liked uh, Brad Meltzer and Ed Bennis when that started. I really liked Dwayne McDuffie and, and Joe Bennett on the series. Like, there's a bunch of really good stories pretty recently, too. But, man, there's just... I, I think I'm more of a Marvel guy. Like, I, I think the more I think about it, like, doing this podcast, I could just as easily do this for DC. But I think the fact that it's like so much less relatable makes it. I don't want to say less interesting, but like I don't want to make a podcast about it nearly as much as I do Marvel, because I think Marvel is like, oh, hey, let's talk about that time. Nick Fury committed a war crime like there's there's just like there's no war crimes that like, you know, someone Mm. someone good in D.C. would commit. So like, I don't think that's like as interesting material. That said, I love D.C. books. I've probably read more D.C. than Marvel in my entire life, but. I haven't read any DC comics and honestly I've read very few comics since this um, since they scrapped the Batman Catwoman storyline. And I was like, yeah, from Tom King. And I was like, I can't do this anymore, man. I just, I was so invested in that for years. I think they got, they got him to what it was issue 80, I think. And they were going to do like the spinoff series, which they are doing currently Batman Catwoman. Mm-hmm. to do that storyline but i was like i just i can't do this anymore because it was the first time in a long time that dc actually convinced me that batman was going to get some character development and like move forward a little bit from being like the mid-30s i have to be miserable type of guy and they were just like nah we're not doing that anymore we're gonna, we're gonna reset that and I'm like oh, god like i just can't do it i can't i can't handle that it just sucked because I think I, I, Tom I, I, King was probably fair. you probably felt stabbed in the back. Too. It's just like the status quo never changes, man. It's like, man, you build up this book for 80 issues or whatever. I guess it, it, the, it probably was more like 50 before they made the decision to call it off. And it's like you just what was the point of any of this? And just seems like I don't know. No, I, I think that's that's a pretty valid complaint. It's just with Batman, like the frustrating thing, except for Tom King's run, which I agree, like actually like did a lot to sort of like change things or at least change the way you see them. Like every other thing is just like. It's like Bruce Wayne rediscovering why he needs Batman or like why yeah. someone needs Batman. It's like, OK, like that's really cool. But it's also like we've we've heard this song before, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And there was like really great written books in that series that are unlike any other Batman book I've ever seen and you see and I, I was getting so frustrated because I'd see people in the comments complain like oh this isn't a Batman book this is terrible um, 
Um, and I'm like, what do you want? You want your 2000th book of Batman hunting down and beating up the Joker? Like, like they've told this story a thousand times before. Why do you need like constant? Hey, this Batman is in the streets beating up a random new villain. But in the Tom King run, we got things like the double date, right? You remember the double date issue where they went to like was the that, carnival? Was that in Batman? I thought that was in the Superman book. I thought that was actually that was in, comics. That may have. I thought that was an annual for Batman. Either way, it was a it was a yeah, that, the double that date book issue. So much fun. Yeah, yeah, because like. Lois dresses up as Catwoman and um, Superman dresses up as Batman, right? Yeah. And they, they kind of switch identities and like they have a, they have, they just have a fun day at the carnival. That's all that's about. But you get so much characterization there and you get like a relationship between Catwoman and Lois. And then you get the other book, which I really loved, which was um, a story from two perspectives, Batman and Superman's perspective of them talking to their your respective girlfriends at the time. Mm-hmm. They're both like, you need to call him. But they were having the same struggle. You know, do you remember that book? Yeah. And I'm like, wow, that that's also amazing. But they end up like meeting in a, in a basement. And it's like, man, that one was you really don't get good. those books. That one was really good. That one where like Wonder Woman asked Bruce to like help her like fight at the gates of hell. Right. And it's so, like, oh, yeah. They were away for like 800 years, but they weren't like aging. You know, yes. and it was like it was like weeks or whatever for for Selena. That book was amazing. I thought the actual like trying to save Poison Ivy. That book was incredible. And then like I just remember like Catwoman and Joker fighting to the death, like in the oh church. yeah, that yes. one was incredible, right? Because like Joker was pissed. He's like, "You're taking him from me." <laughs> like yes, and she's like, "You need to let him go." <laughs> like that that book was so good. Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you. Tom it's King's funny because I feel like. I feel like everything you just said about like complaining about Batman is I feel like that's more or less what you want with Spider-Man though, right? Like don't you want more of a a classic interpretation of Spider-Man? No, I want I want the the okay. The worst thing that ever happened to Peter Parker was Brand New Day. That was the worst thing that ever happened because that ruins all the character development that Spider-Man had for 20 years prior, approximately. I'm not, I don't have a date in mind, but approximately 20 years, right? Instead no, of being... Brandy Day was 2007, of, and he married MJ in, like, 91. So, yeah, like, about 20 years, yeah. But it wasn't just, like, the marriage that, that he, they lost with him, right? They lost mm-hmm. all the character development. Peter lost his years at, in college as a teacher. He lost, you know, the, the maturity that he had. What happened was they reset him back to like 1970s where he's now a broke mid 20s guy who isn't. I think his firing from the Avengers came later when in the superior arc, but he essentially wasn't in the Avengers anymore. And he was working for the Bugle again or immediately right after Brand New Day. It's like. But we already did this and I don't need. Peter Parker to be relatable again. We have those stories, right? Like, mm-hmm. we already have that version of him, and he he grew up, and you just took it away for no reason. For in 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 my opinion, one of the worst characterizations of Peter Parker that ever happened in that story, um, because he trades Aunt May's life for essentially his future with Mary Jane and their unborn daughter. 
And it's like, for the record, he doesn't do that. Mary Jane does that. Just well, hundred percent clear. She takes it out yeah. of his hands and she does it, but it's clearly what he wants. So, but she makes the deal with Mephesto. She's like, you make damn sure he's happy. What? It, it just doesn't make any sense, man. And then they've been toying with this story for like, since then where Mary Jane may remember their previous life. She may not, they've never addressed it. Um, and instead we, we get this weird whirlpool effect with Spider-Man where like he doesn't, he, he's essentially stuck in the same place as Batman. He never gets any real character development. He's just stuck in, in cause they don't want him to age. They don't want him to grow up. See, like, that's why Miles Morales is so important because once Miles Morales is able to settle in and be like the young spider person, that's when Peter Parker finally gets to grow up. But when's that going to happen? Never. I don't know because they want to keep Miles young forever. So exactly, <laughs> it's the same situation. Know. Like they, these characters, ne- their book comes out every other week in perpetuity. They never get anything that pushes their character forward. Like in until that moment with Brand New Day, Peter Parker had never had like a serious reset. He had continuously developed his character all the way through until that point, and they reset it and stuck him in it damn time loop and nick spencer did a lot to like change that but then he just it seems like he just gave up halfway through because we got 70 issues of who is this villain and it's like all right well (laughs) i haven't finished the spencer run i got so bored after craven's third to last hunt whatever third (laughs) last hunt yeah, let's do Craven again. That arc really, I think it was just called Hunted. That arc took so much out of me because there were so many like 23, 23.KU, you know, or KH yeah. Craven's Hunt or whatever. I'm like, this is freaking exhausting. Also, I, I'm with you. Like, I think also what kind of killed the Batman book is they were like double shipping that. So you're getting two issues a month. And it's just oh, like yeah. kind of, ex- it's just kind of exhausting, you know, when you're getting that much story, to be completely honest. Um, yeah. But like, dude, the Spider-Man, I, I needed a break. I recently started to pick it back up again because trying to get, you know, the full picture for like this brand new volume that just started last Wednesday. And so I'm trying to do a better job of staying up to date. But Jesus, man, like I, I really need them to stop releasing number ones. It's like the single most infuriating thing to me in the world. Are they still doing the classic numbering under the new numbering as well? I can't remember. They generally are for most of their books, but I just think that like looks crappy. Like, I think it looks like downright hideous. Like they did it better looking 15 years ago, you know, like Like, when new Avengers or not even new Avengers, like when Avengers 500 came out, you know, it was like mm -hmm. 500 and it was also issue 85 or whatever. Like they just made it like aesthetically look better 20 years ago than they are right now. It's like, and they never, they never stick to their guns either because you know when Spider-Man a- ASM 1000 comes out, they're going to be like, this is the 1000th book of Spider-Man. And it's like, well, is it or is it the 13th? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, you're still doing this to sell us books. But the thing is, is they think that making a new number one is going to attract new readers. I don't think it will because I don't think new people are picking up comic books generally. And. I think they're in, they're annoying more people that actually read the book on a consistent basis than they are picking up new new people. Because anyone who picks up a, a Spider-Man number one is going to immediately be like, well, I don't know what's going on because they didn't actually reset anything. They just made a new number one. Yeah, that's a fair point. I think it does help sometimes, though, because like when I was 14, like going to the comic book store for the first time, like before, you know, like going every week. Like the the week I like decided like okay like I'm gonna get into comics I want to figure this out you know like I I found all my old personal old back issues I kind of know what's going on let's see what's changed 
like new avengers number one is right there so i just grabbed it you know because it was a number mm-hmm. one and mm-hmm. then i just kind of like worked it out from there just did the detective work the leg work on my own so i do think it is helpful but it's also like i just wish there was like a cleaner way to do it like i just wish it it made more i, I wish what they were doing made more sense in the, in the long run it just seems so detrimental to collectors in particular where it's like okay how many different like you know i'm a big like trade paperback guy now Mm -hmm. so it's like all right how many different amazing spider-man volume ones do i have downstairs from like all these different like okay i got like the first dance slot volume number one and then i've got the second dance slot volume number one and then i've got the third dance slot volume number one you know and then it's like okay nick spencer okay oh superior spider-man like it's just so gd confusing trying to keep everything straight yeah it's it's a mess i think the comic book industry needs a giant something to to switch up the formula because if it was up to me i would tell i would say hey we're doing this in seasons now right just like tv shows or, or you know movies yeah hey you're putting out 14 issues in a four-month period and you have the rest i of wouldn't the year even do that out. i would i would keep it to 12 issues a year i would have an annual come out every year because that's what a freaking annual means and uh, I would just like probably like do it by like years, right? Like I would do like, okay, this is 2018. The Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man parentheses 2018 volume one. You're like issue one, whatever. And like try to build on it from there. Like I just think there's like a better way to organize the books and make it make more sense. And like they just don't think about collected editions. And I feel like most people are either reading this digitally or collected. But like they're only catering to people who buy in comic book stores, which like, I'm sorry, there's just fewer comic book stores now than there was 10 years ago. Like there just are. Yeah. I mean, even like, I'm a big fan, right? I stopped going to my comic store. I read all my comics on my Kindle. Now it's just easier, man. And I don't have these giant books. that I'm never going to pick up again, taking up space. And I have three long boxes at my dad's house that I haven't opened in 10 years. You know, it's like, I don't even do with all this stuff, but I've been I mean, going I through have... my short boxes and organizing. It's been a lot of fun. Would you say nice. you've been going through a short box summary? I have been. Yeah, God, I'm so tired. <laughs> I still need. To, that's why like you and I can't record our short box tonight because like I need to I need to edit last week's episode still. You need to sleep is what you need to do. Uh, and get some electrolytes in you. God, this is a video game podcast, isn't it? It is a video game podcast, which is why I was just about to say I've been playing Final Fantasy 15 this week. <laughs> um. So me and Elijah had that um, debate two weeks ago about Square Enix and Final Fantasy 15 and it made me to be like, you know what? I never went back and played New Game Plus because I put a lot of time into Final Fantasy 15 and I even platinumed it. And I always told myself, after you get the platinum, go back and do New Game Plus and see what they added. So I hit up my buddy Pedro, who's a huge Final Fantasy 15 fan. I was like, hey, how would you like to make some content about Final Fantasy 15? where we just do a, a huge in-depth multi-hour breakdown of this game that is so controversial in the Final Fantasy community. And um, we just talk about it. Because when you play Final Fantasy fifteen, you can clearly see from the gate its flaws. But there is a lot of stuff that attracts you to the game that makes you keep playing. Um, none of which I have any idea what they are. I'm just playing this and I'm like, yeah, I want to, my body and mind want to keep playing this, but there's so much about this game that infuriates me. Um, so that's going to be an interesting discussion I'm going to have whenever we're done. I think me and Pedro are shooting for mid-May for that conversation to happen. New Game Plus and a couple of the DLCs are the only thing I have to play through. So 
Have you ever played Final Fantasy 15? I have, yeah. I got a majority of the trophies, I think. Like, I think I'm at like 60%. I um I can't really remember much about the story and like where I tapered off, but I really liked what I played. Like I had a lot yeah. of fun. I thought it was really pretty, but again, like I was never super into Final Fantasy. Like I played five before then, and that was pretty much it. And I've since gone back and played some of eight and you know, played a lot of ten and and played <clears throat> um a little bit of seven, you know, like I've been trying to like explore more and just like find the one that really clicks with me. And I think so far, honestly, it's five. Like five is my favorite five's, one so far. Five's interesting. And it's interesting to hear that because most people wouldn't say five. Um, it's weird with Final Fantasy 15 because you can definitely tell it was two different games. They combined into one. And the game was actually supposed to be about twice as big. If you break the uh, if you break the game and like, go free camera and you explore the different areas, you can actually they have in the game a whole other continent that they have mapped out and there's like grass texture on it, but there's nothing else in there. It's a, it's the giant, you remember, I don't know if you remember this when you played the game, but you're on the train and they're like, Oh, that's the kingdom of Tenebrae. And then they just, they just move on. You were they originally were, yeah. supposed to be, you were originally supposed to be able to explore that the whole continent um, instead of just taking a train through it. So that's kind of where, in my opinion, the game falls apart once it starts becoming super linear. Um, but I like what they were going for in the first half, which is like just four dudes camping out, having fun. So we're going to I'm, I'm going to play more of that. I'm about halfway through it right now. And uh, I guess stay tuned for that giant review breakdown of Final Fantasy 15. I've also been playing Final Fantasy 7 Remake. I normally don't play two RPGs at the same time, but I've already played both of these games, so I, I can kind of tune out a little bit and just, you know, play the game. I have you ever played a game where your current state of mind and the situation you're in has been bad enough that it completely ruins the game for you? Yeah. Yeah, sure have. So Final Fantasy VII Remake came out and I started playing it and then I went through a really nasty breakup. And I like forced myself to play through it because I was like, oh, this will make me feel better. Right. But mm-hmm. instead, what it did was just ruin the game for me the first time around. Oh, yeah. It's all you can think about is. Yeah. The game. Sorry. All you can think about when you're playing the game is the breakup. And then like you try to go back to the game and all you can do is associate that game with the breakup. So you just don't even want to yeah. play the game. Negative feelings. So I'm I'm, I'm going back through and I'm, I'm trying to enjoy this time because I love Final Fantasy VII. I love that series. It's so historic to me. And the other thing that bothers me about Final Fantasy VII Remake that I just want to point out really quick is Square Enix did the number one thing that annoys me in gaming, which is they made a demo that is the beginning of the game that doesn't carry over your progress into the main game. Because what happened with Final Fantasy VII Remake was the demo is like the first two hours of the game, maybe maybe even less than that, maybe like 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. But it it ruined that moment for me. You know what I'm talking about? Like booting up yeah. Final Fantasy seven and seeing cloud for the first time and, and doing the um, reactor. It ruined that because when I actually got the game then and played it, I was like, well, I've already done this. So I'm going <laughs> to sprint through here. A little less mind blowing the second time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I just kind of casually been playing through those two games. I was scrolling through videos on the internet. And I saw someone talking about this um, book called Scythe. 
And I haven't read a book in years, like an actual book, probably since the Star Wars Ahsoka novel. Um, and they were explaining it, and it sounds really cool. So I picked up that, and I've been reading that all last week. And that was a really like mind-blowingly good book that just been. Uh, I just finished it this morning, actually. So that's what I've been doing. Yeah, that's pretty much all. It's it's a pretty cool sci-fi take on things like what if humanity had conquered everything and like the state of of people it's pretty cool um but yeah let's talk about the big news that just dropped today shall we yeah let's let's do it going back to square enix they sold all their western ip to embracer group embracer group of course used to be known i mean it still is known but it's it got an overarching um organization now thq nordic now it's embracer group if i explain mm-hmm. that correctly it used to be all thq nordic now embracer group is like the overseeing body to all of them because they bought so many studios and they seemingly have an unlimited amount of money i think they sold it for 300 million that seems low yeah i agree like i think you're right i'm saying like they that seems really low let me just look it up real quick. Square Enix Embracer Group. Yeah. Um, they sold off Tomb Raider, Deus Ex, and... Okay. Thank you, Polygon. You're doing great. Um, so Square Enix sold off Eidos, Crystal Dynamics, and Square Enix Montreal. That includes Tomb Raider, Deus Ex, and Thief. Mm-hmm. So Tomb Raider one of the most historic video game franchises of all time. Um, and I mean, Deus Ex has a cult following crystal dynamics, a very talented developer. Um, I had thought that square Enix already split off from Eidos. No. Didn't they, did they have like a very public split off with Hitman? No, uh, with Hitman, but that's IO. Oh, okay. You're right. I was, Getting them confused. Idos. It's like, don't Mandela affect this too. Yeah. No. Um, what do you think about this? I am glad it went to a third party as opposed to like being gobbled up by like a Sony or or Microsoft, just because I think console exclusives. Like if it's like a homegrown studio, that's like one thing. Like if it's if you personally invested in it, that's great. But like I don't know, treating these developers like free agents, I I find that like really kind of annoying and and I don't want to say disgusting, but man, sure don't like it. Um so I'm cool that I think they got lowballed. Like I don't understand. Like Sony bought Insomniac for 229 million, and it's like, come on, you're really telling me that you couldn't have gotten more than more than what you ended up getting for for these places? Oh, like that, I that mean, part doesn't with, make sense. With the current state of sales in the gaming industry, Insomniac for 229 million is like a, an absolute robbery because no i i I agree but that's what i'm saying is like these three studios i feel like should have gotten significantly more than what they did right um i agree with you especially for tomb raider even tomb raider alone just that ip might be worth more than 300 million i mean those games are huge and they sell really well the thing that i will say oh I, i got two things to say is that number one? I'm glad that it was Embracer Group that bought them, and not 
some dubious foreign investor like Tencent. Um, and the other thing is, I think you could have seen this coming a long time ago because I don't think Square Enix has ever done right by these IP. Every single time a Tomb Raider game comes out, you see a Square Enix press memo like three months later. Hey, this game undersold. Even though Tomb Raider has sold like five million copies, Square Enix is like, we're not happy with its performance. Same thing with Deus Ex. Um, Thief didn't do well. Crystal Dynamics. Uh, they made the Avengers game, right? Yeah. That's what I thought. So, and obviously Square kind of let that to die. I just think that this price tag may have been more of Square Enix wiping their hands of the situation and going back to their roots as opposed to them being like Embracer Group being like, hey, we'll offer you this much. I think Square, I wouldn't be surprised to find that Square Enix offered Embracer Group these IP is what I'm saying. Yeah, I think that's an interesting point, too. It's just so weird because I feel like. Like these games are like, are, yeah, like these developers were like making games that were like generally like better received than most Square Enix games, right? Like, wasn't it like these Western yes. developers who were kind of like buoying the company like during hard yeah. times? Absolutely. And like we talked about like two weeks ago, I think Square Enix management is just a complete mess. Like there's something wrong with the upper management at this company. And that's absurdly clear when you look at like their development problems and the fact that the um, teams that they were pretty much hands off with performed a lot better than their home teams. Mm-hmm. And I think it's probably a good move for them to like go down to a, a smaller size as far as like teams go and focus on what made them good to begin with because Square Enix has been completely off the rails in the last 10 years. So I think it's a good thing for all parties involved. I'm still not sure that Embracer Group isn't a giant money laundering. It feels like thing. a Ponzi scheme, right? It does. Something, something's wrong with the fact that they can just buy all these studios. Yeah, it's a little spooky just because like I remember when they first started and it was basically like it was like the old THQ collective, right? Like it was like every studio that was more or less surviving after the the you draw fiasco of 2012 yes but uh man it's like since then like it just seems weird like it seems like comical like it it feels like every news article i read about them acquiring something it feels like an onion article about them acquiring some studio right like it it just it's like no way there's no oh they got the the people who made spongebob squarepants bikini bottom rehydrated whatever battle for bikini bottom rehydrated like of course they did why wouldn't they like they're just like they're like a rich dad in a movie who's just like doesn't understand how to connect with his kids so they just buy everything hoping that one thing will like make their kid happy but they have like a lot of really good good stuff and they haven't put much out you know like they, they haven't put a ton of stuff out I think the only thing that can comes to mind that was like huge they put out was the Kingdoms of Amalur re-release with like a, with like a DLC. Yes, the re-reckoning. The re-reckoning. By the you way, like, when you were talking about Final Fantasy, that was absolutely with like a, associating like a bad time with a game that that game was absolutely my game. Where like uh, I made my Amalur? character. Yeah, I made my character look like my girlfriend at the time, and like I Oof. sunk like twenty hours into it, and then we broke up, and I was like, I can't look at you. <laughs> 
(laughs) (laughs) Ruined that game for me real quick. Um, Sure did. I love Kim's Bomb Lore, and I never beat it because I just kept getting distracted by the side quests and whatnot. It was that kind of game, but I thought it was beautiful. It was really good, and it deserved more love. Maybe not from the state of Maine, but from from somebody. Oh no, it was Rhode Island. It was, wasn't it was it? Rhode Island, yeah. Yeah, it's <laughs> funny too because it was Kurt Schilling who like went from being like, you know, personal hero, like throwing like uh, in the World Series like the bloody sock on the mound, you know, just like being like this this sports like folk hero basically, and then coming out as like a, a political football, you know, just be like political liability, just like saying all these things, getting fired from jobs for voicing his opinion on things that just didn't need to be voiced on air. And it just <laughs> all of a sudden he became uh, like a he tried like running for office in Massachusetts, I think, hoping that like being, you know, Red Sox World Series winner, the guy who like helped break the curse, like hoping that would carry him. And boy, it did not. Well, um, I mean, Donald Trump became president that way. So, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> So um, I think it's not too bad of a strategy. So you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, no, like this is, I, I think this is like generally new. Like I'd say Embracer acquiring this, like it's either a net neutral, right? Where it's like, okay, nothing is fundamentally going to change or it's going to drive the price down when whatever is happening at Embracer eventually collapses like a house of cards. Because like, I guess I don't understand like, where's all this money coming from? Like, like how are you acquiring sense. this many developers without releasing like a proportional amount of product? Right. Right. And so that makes it seem like there's got to be like venture capital behind this that like, I'm not qualified enough to like really parse through and understand, but geez Louise, like it just makes no sense from the outside. Um, I'm trying to find like, games that embracer group have released and i don't really see anything like when was the last time because volition is one of those right and so like i guess like uh oh my god what's that open world game they make that's not gta saints row saints row 4 is embracer group isn't it Mm -hmm. uh four wasn't no or not four but like now it is yeah which one are we on we're on five yeah, we're on five. Okay. Um, which is crazy. I used to love Saints Row. I mean, I love Saints Row three. I put a ton of time into Saints Row three. I didn't like four. Four was just a little too much for me. And five, I I, I think I'm good on that. Yeah, I think fair. I'm good on like the open world gang. I kind of need so. a break from open world games to be completely yeah. honest. That's why, like, one of the games I I didn't talk about my games. I don't really care about my games to be honest. Um, but I've I've been playing SpongeBob SquarePants Battle for Bikini Bottom Rehydrated. I'm like, I just want like. Dude. Like one of my favorite recent gaming memories was like going through all the Spyro games. And I was like, okay, I just want like a nice fun platformer. I just, I just want like colors and like, you know, boppy music in the background. Like I just kind of want to change my, my mental yeah. space. And uh, Jesus Christ is SpongeBob like not that game. <laughs> like, There's a lot okay. I like about it, but like that game is just not well made. Okay. But listen to me. I'm so glad you brought this up because if you have some time tonight, whenever if you're bored, Look up the speed running. There's like a, like a documentary about speed running Battle for Bikini Bottom, and that might be the wildest journey of speed running. I don't even I, I don't follow speed running. I think it's fun sometimes to look at the glitches and whatnot they use for speed running. Battle for Bikini Bottom has like a massive historic speed running like story to it, and now people can beat that game in like 13 seconds. 
Wow, I should look that up. I would love to do that. Uh, yeah, just be done with it. Uh, <laughs> just gotta get that. Gotta get it. that platinum. Dude, there is one speedrunning documentary that came out either last year or the year before, but it's all about like uh, Wii Golf, like on the Wii Motion Sports <laughs> collection. <laughs> but it was people like figuring out. It's like okay, so there's like nine holes. So like you'd think that like the, the fastest way to speedrun it would be to get like nine hole in ones. And it's like no, actually that's not true because the hole in one animation takes up more time than getting it done in two. Strokes. Oh my god. So it's like people trying to figure out the best like approach shots and just trying to figure out how to shave seconds off. It was like really fascinating stuff. Um, the the other I, I, will, I will absolutely watch SpongeBob speedrunning. Hell yeah, dude! It's just it's just so interesting because people just find these things organically, and then like or, or they're like, all right, I'm gonna figure out a way to skip this entire section of this game, and I'm gonna try absolutely every button combination everything possible to do that and they they end up figuring it out there's this the other really good speedrunning documentary is god of war like the first god of war because it was before like youtube um guides and stuff like that and it was just it's about this forum of these god of war speedrunners and like an old school internet forum and this guy pops in he's like yeah i beat this game in like an hour 30 Everyone's like, there's no way. That's absolutely impossible. But he did it without any help from that group whatsoever. He did it organically all by himself, found all these new glitches and whatnot by mm. himself. And it like threw this forum and like a crazy tailspin. It's a great documentary. Um, it, it's internet drama like that that I absolutely love. You know, when you run out of podcasts and you're like, damn it, what do I do now? Yes. Well, when I run out of podcasts, I go to YouTube. And then I immediately catch up on all my YouTube, you know, like my MTG yes. Goldfish. I like to watch people play Magic because I refuse to spend money on that game. <laughs> but uh, when I like run out of my videos on on YouTube, that's when I usually like, OK, let me go down a level. I'm going to go into my sub basement right now. And then in my sub basement of, of content to watch is the speed running stuff. Yeah. Watch a lot of documentaries on like just like, you know, frame cutting on like the original Super Mario or like Super Mario right. World or something. It's always so like fascinating. I'm just like, well, I'm never going to do this. I don't care, but it's cool to see. It's cool to understand. <laughs> All right, George, you're a big Star Wars fan. I am a big Star Wars fan. Yeah. Did you see that Obi-Wan Kenobi got a rating of nine plus? And I did not. No. Yeah. How do you feel about that? Like you just have to be at least nine years old to watch it. Yeah. So like the, for example, like the Mandalorian was 14. Oh, I see. I see. I see. And okay. Kenobi's like a lot lower. It's like essentially for like kids. I don't know if that means it's necessarily for kids. I mean, because well, like no, the but like the rating. Yeah, sure. But like the original Star Wars, like I don't need Star Wars to do like more mature storytelling. Like, I don't I don't think that's the issue. I think they could do it because this is like fitting firmly within the movies, right? Like this is like. Right. position between episodes three and four and like those are pg-13 so like i guess in like that regard it's just a little like okay like we'll we'll see but like i don't know the original was pg you know like that's not why i love star wars like, i just want to see like i'm hoping for like big revelations like i i want to see them sort of like reconcile the anakin of the clone wars more into the the canon of the the live action stuff right yeah i'm really excited like, hayden christian's coming back yeah me too i really hope like i think it's gonna be really good for him like it if not good for his career, then at least like therapeutic for him personally, because he's just so hated as Anakin. Right. Yeah. Well, and I think a lot of that has to do with George Lucas. Like it has to, right? 
Oh, uh, I've seen like the, the directing, the, the the direction he gives him, like in behind the scenes stuff is like awful. Like, it's, it's just like, oh, man, so it was your idea to make that scene trash. OK, <laughs> yeah, I'm really excited for Obi-Wan Kenobi. Uh, me and Caitlin are going to Disney World the week before it comes out. So that's going to be exciting is the Star Wars. Um, I mean, you were in California for a while. Did you ever go to Galaxy's Edge at Disneyland? I was supposed to go in February of 2020 and then st- stuff happened. <laughs> I was going to go down. My dad always my brother always flies my dad out to like dog sit his dog for like two weeks. while like my brother goes <laughs> on vacation and he does that not because he needs to hire a dog sitter, but because it, like my dad doesn't really take vacations. And like if he didn't do this, my dad would like never leave the state of Maine. So gotcha. he always did that as, an, as like an excuse. And uh, I was planning on like flying down and I was going to like surprise him and I was going to take him to galaxy's edge because we both love star wars so much and then the goddamn pandemic happened and i don't know when i'm gonna do that i don't know when my dad and i are ever gonna be in california at the same time ever again it makes me sad have you thought about doing disney world instead is it the same thing down there mm-hmm. yeah oh yeah i mean i guess i could i really wanted to do it in california though because i got like two nieces and nephews out there so i've got like a, a six-year-old oh, okay. niece who's like obsessed with star wars like absolutely I got you. like dresses like Ray and then I've got like a younger three-year-old nephew who I mean I don't know if he does this because of Darth Vader but dresses in black so like that's got to count for something right future goth is what you're saying yeah <laughs> um God. yeah just just like his uncle it's gonna be perfect <laughs> um yeah me and Caitlin went down last year we went to halt the the park on May the 4th so that was a pretty crazy day um what's your budget like for for the next time you go like because i know you went a little ham on on lightsabers last time and i'm not asking for a number i'm sorry i, I don't mean to like put you on the spot and talk about private no, financial stuff but i'm like, not private middle. uh you you looking to grab another lightsaber you looking to grab another jedi robe like what what are we what are we feeling this time are there any objectives i don't think so man i might buy a lightsaber but i feel like the last time we went we went so ham that I got everything that I really wanted, you know? And like, because yeah. I, I went down with like quite a bit of money then. And I was, it was, I was feeling pretty reckless. It was, and I just was like, all right, well, we want this. Let's get it. We're here now. And we just, we went crazy with like the souvenirs. We actually, it's funny because we were looking, we had to get another suitcase. It, it was, we, we had gotten that far. Our souvenirs mm-hmm. needed their own suitcase. So we decided, okay, well, we're not going to buy the ones at Disney World because they're like way too expensive. So let's go to the local Walmart and get a suitcase there. But it was our last day in Disney World and we were dressed as Jedi. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Because we were going to get this suitcase before we go to the park. And then bring it back and drop it off and just head off to the park. So we were already in like full costumes. We wanted our cool Star Wars outfits with our cool Star Wars pictures. Yeah. So we went to this Walmart and I guess I assumed that Disney's. um, There's a cat behind me. I guess I assumed that Disney's like effect would create like a, a lot of money around Disney World. That is not the case whatsoever. Orlando's kind of a kind of a stinker. Well, yeah, and Disney's not even like like it's near Orlando, but it's not actually in Orlando. Yeah. For people who haven't been there. 
the areas surrounding Disney World are like are, are not not a good place to be. Apparently, I, I looked this up afterwards because we got there and we're like, what is happening? We saw this truck almost hit these these ladies and they got out and tried to try to fight him and drag him out. Caitlin got yelled at by by an older woman for putting her cigarette or not. I can't answer, but she the lady put her cigarette on the windowsill of Walmart and Caitlin was like just inquiring about it to me. And she heard her in the background and freaked out and like started yelling at her. And I was like, oh, dear, this is this that's is like not all of that's all of central Florida, by the way. <laughs> yeah, <That is> all <laughs> like, everything between like St. Petersburg, Tampa and Miami. That's exactly what that is. Yeah, that's so how we, Florida gets made fun of by so many people. And we were in again, we were in our Jedi robes with <laughs> the, the, the full get up on and. Did you pretend you worked there? Like, was that your move to like act like, oh yeah, like uh, we're on break from Disney? Like we, oh no, we should have though. That would have been that would have been funny. No, we uh, we just like awkwardly kept our heads down and like bought this suitcase and got out of there and called an Uber to take us to back to our hotel. Seth, <clears throat> I'm so glad you brought up Star Wars. Do you have like you got you got ten minutes, maybe maybe less, just to run through something really fast? I have twelve hours. Holy crap. Sorry, Austin. (laughs) All right. So uh, IGN has an article called Every Star Wars Game in Development uh, written by Jordan Serrani, and it was just updated last week. So I want to run through them really quickly. Hit me. Star Wars Hunters. This is the free to play game coming to Switch. Remember, like that was announced during a Nintendo Direct. Oh, yeah, I do remember that. Yeah. How little do you care about that? I mean, it's free to play and you currently own a Switch, right? On a scale of one to ten. Yeah, one, one. Yeah, that's probably where I'm at, too. Also, uh, also uh, Lego Star Wars already came out. So like that was the first game. Yeah, um, which is great, by the way. I just I, have, I played it like all the individual ones where I'm like, I just don't know if I care. No, I mean, yeah, if you've already played them, then it's probably not. Uh, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order 2. Uh, on a scale of one to ten, I'm at like a solid seven and a half on that one. All right, I'm like a five or a six on that one. I'm interested to know what they're going to do. So, like, have you thought about, like, how they're going to tie everything back together? Because they have so many Jedi now that they can't kill off. Like Ezra, Ahsoka, Cal Kestis. And now Mm -hmm. Cal's, like, trying to go get a bunch of, like, children. Well, I don't want to spoil it. I guess I just did spoil it. Whatever. You've had plenty of time. Get over it. (laughs) Um, And how they're going to tie that back together because or maybe Disney doesn't care about the story at all. Maybe they just like whatever. We're just doing whatever we want. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, all you really have to do is have them like escape but intersect, right? Like like, that's like all you really need to do. Like it doesn't need to tie into like the greater mythology of of whatever, but it's just like, okay, we're going to go train. We're where it's safe you know and it's just like yeah. okay there's just like a lost colony of jedi somewhere which feels like a very star wars thing to have happen right? yeah I think, yeah true um i really like the first fallen order i hope the second one is less metroidvania and more linear i think that that was the biggest one i 100 percent agree yeah. or if it is metroidvania i hope it's better metroidvania <laughs> yeah 100 percent. take either or star wars knights the old republic remake that is a solid nine for me but i'm also hesitant because it seems not right. Something's off about this. I'm going to give it a way. 10. I'm going to give it a 10, not because I like really want to play it, but because I'm so curious to see what it is. 
yeah, there's something something feels weird about this announcement, and I'm not quite sure what it is, but like my spidey sense is tingling. I don't know. Could it be the fact that a port studio that's only ever made games <laughs> available on PC come to Mac for the first time ever or make those PC versions barely functional on, on consoles? Is it, is it because they announced like a big AAA game? Yeah. That's what that's why I don't believe. It. Yeah, there's some. Yeah, it's that. And also, like. Why are they remaking Knights of the Republic? You know, like that, that, that that's another question I have that I mean, I'm OK with. Because that game has like an incredible story, but playing it like sucks ass. Like, like yeah. there's like nothing worse than playing that game, dude. It's so funny you bring this up because actually, just yesterday I tried to play it um, via Steam, and it doesn't have controller support. And I'm like, I'm not doing this, and I just turned it off immediately. How did it? It came to Xbox. Like how? Does yes, it not have- I know. I know it did, but like naturally, I, mean, I might have to download like an extra mod or something, maybe, but. Naturally, it does not have controller support on Steam. I mean, it, it, you might be able to grab it on on Xbox and play it on your phone, right? Like, don't you have like yeah. one of the, the the bone controllers or whatever? Yeah, yeah. It might even be on Game Pass. I got check. Next game, Respawn Star Wars first person shooter. I'll be completely honest. When they announced that Respawn is making a Star Wars game, I assumed it was a first person shooter. Well, yes, I would assume so as well. Um, that could be really cool. But my solid five. I gotta I'm wait and see something. I'm yeah, I'm, I'm going to leave it at a five. I've been replaying a lot of uh, Republic Commando lately, trying to chip away at that platinum like that game. I, I really like it. I don't think it's like particularly good. I don't think it's aged very well. Like, I think a lot of, like again, like Knights of the Republic, like so much about it is aged well, except playing it, you know, mm-hmm. like that's unfortunately, it's just not how I want my shooter games to feel. I will say that uh, <laughs> the development is being led by Peter Hirschman, according to this article. And I recently played his uh, Medal of Honor Above and Beyond, the one that came to like Oculus. Mm-hmm. And I have not played like the Vive version. I've not played like the in-depth PC version. I've only played the Oculus version. That game sucks. Like that game is <laughs> absolutely <laughs> awful on Oculus. I I wish I had like a window where I could like get my money back because I spent 40 bucks on that. I'm like, I should have gotten the Lady Gaga Beat Saber stuff. Like this is just such a horrendous waste of, of resources on this freaking game. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, never played it. Next game, Ubisoft's open world Star Wars. I'm. I don't uh, know. I, I, I love yeah. Assassin's Creed Odyssey. I love Assassin's Creed Origins. I played three hours of Ragnarok and I was like, I can't do this. Like I just or Asgard, whatever that Viking one was called. I just can't do it anymore. Yeah, I, I feel like Ubisoft has one formula now, right? Like they they do one type of game, which is the open world game, and it Collecting, worked for them for yeah. yeah, it worked for them for a while. You go to the towers, you you, you know, you expand the map, but now it's just like it seems like that's all they've done, and I feel like they've lost the soul in those games. Like I I, I was watching uh, my best friend play Far Cry Five the other day, and I was like, hmm, I feel like I've played this game. I feel like I've already played this game. Yeah. And like, I love the Far Cry games. Like I've got the platinum in three, four five, new dawn five. Did I already say five? I've gotten yeah. the, I've gotten the platinum in literally every freaking Far Cry game. I can It's like going back to PlayStation three, except for two, two was like impossible to get. But like, I love that game series and I was so excited for AC four. I had friends who worked on like the advertising campaign for it. So I got to go to like the launch party of, of that game. I was so excited so hyped i like got a copy of that game for free for playstation 4 it was awesome 
And then I started it. And like literally the first thing I had to do in that game was like hunt down two iguanas so I could make like a bigger bomb purse or whatever. <laughs> and I'm like, son of a bitch. Like I just did this. I just did this. And then like it just it, there was I it blends together like what games make you do what things because it's the same thing. Like, like you're always doing the same thing in any other games and Assassin's Creed and Far Cry and even Ghost Recon to an extent. It's just like, God damn, I wish your games had more personality. It's just frustrating. Right. That's exactly what I was saying. Like, like personality. They've lost any sort of personality. And that's what I'm worried about the Star Wars game now. It doesn't take a lot to please me, George. It does not take <laughs> a lot to please me. Yeah, Star yeah, Wars especially with Star does Wars. a lot of heavy lifting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if you give me like a Jedi with a lightsaber and I'm rolling around, I don't know, Coruscant slicing fools up, I'm good, dude. <laughs> that's that's all you point. need to give me. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Next game, Star Wars Eclipse. Oh, this game's never coming out. It's absolutely not coming out. All we're going to have is that trailer, and we're going to be recording this five years from now, being like, oh, man, you remember when when that game was announced and people actually thought it was a real thing? Yeah. That that trailer was shown off, and first off, never show me just a a pre-rendered trailer ever. I hate that. And second... They immediately started announcing they were having issues after it. They were having trouble like hiring people and whatnot. So I'm like, okay, so you haven't even started development. That's great. <laughs> I'm sure there's like a notebook somewhere, right? Like, yeah, like, like, like someone, someone has general ideas, an outline of the plot. Which sucks because I feel like this game is like how you would get people to care about the High Republic era. I think the comic is fine. I I, 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 I was just a book. I was just about to ask you if you've read the comic because I really want to dive in, but I'm like. The biggest thing holding me back from the High Republic is I'm like, well, without the Sith, the Jedi are boring. Because like the Jedi are, or the Sith are the only adversaries to the Jedi that are in any way interesting. Yeah, I mean, I guess in the comic, it just comes down to a lot of like, you know, in like Marvel comics where it's like, you know, Captain America will save someone and people are like, what gives you the right to do? Like, it's basically just like a lot of that. Right. That sounds terrible. That, not like fun. everyone's kind of treating the Jedi like like Iron Man, at least in like, I mean, I read the first like four or five issues of the High Republic and I, I thought it was kind of boring. So I left. But uh, yeah, it was really like the people holding signs outside of Iron Man's house saying like warmonger, you know, just crap like that. The um the writers throwing a fit because Luke Skywalker showed up in the Mandalorian. Like left a bad taste in my mouth, too, because they, they said like at least one of them said like, Oh, this takes away attention from my book, and it's like, well, did you have any attention to begin with? <laughs> <laughs> That's why he's pissed because, like, the, yeah. the four people, the four people were like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. All right, two more games. Next up, Respawn and Bit Reactor Star Wars strategy game. So this is a game led by someone from Firaxis and uh, mm-hmm. former XCOM devs. Um, I could get down with a strategy Star Wars game. That could be cool. Yeah, I could too. Especially, I've been playing a little bit, like a, a little bit more of a like Project Triangle. Oh, how is that? I like it a lot, and it does the thing that you'd like, where like the demo actually feeds into the main game. And the demo, yeah. is, I'm still playing the demo. The demo is like eight hours, ten hours, like it's huge. Um, it's a little stilted in times. Like <laughs> someone like watched one movie and was just like, "All right, this is how they sound," and it's just like, okay, a lot of. A lot of questionable choices language wise. 
But man, if that game were a Star Wars game, I'd probably be a lot further in it. Yeah. Tell you what. There's that Star Wars game on mobile that I always wanted to get into because they were having like a Revan um, event and whatnot. And I just, I was like, I just can't do any more of the gotcha stuff on the phone. I just can't do it, man. Well, it looks like that Marvel game too, which is also like a gotcha. Like I would love to play that one. I would absolutely love to play it, but I'm Mm -hmm. like, I'm not going to sit there and like try to assemble a team of, oh, I've got Emperor Palpatine and Chewbacca and Wicket, (laughs) you know, and it's just like, oh, well, it's, it's not a gold Wicket. So I lost this fight. Like, yeah, hell out of here. Like, I'm not, not here for that. Uh, finally, but like, okay, sorry, not finally. Uh, Star Wars strategy games completely underrated. I think like that might be the most underutilized genre for Star Wars because it's like yes, the only place you can get the scale, right? Like yes. having Star Destroyer, like capital ships and like a big ass dogfight or like having Imperial yeah. Walkers, Chicken Walkers and troops like you just don't get that in, in many other games, like even Battlefront's cap, right? Well, even even in like the movies, except for episodes two in in some ways episode three you never saw like large-scale battles they always felt very small like you think about like the well, yeah, battle of endor was, and whatnot and it's just like yeah because it was the the empire against the rebels right like I mean, yeah the rebels aren't supposed to be super super tough they're not supposed to contend with the emperor well no but, but even like like it just the battles always felt so small scale whereas like in the clone wars you had thousands going upon thousands you know, thousands versus thousands. And we never really got yeah. that perspective. And I think a strategy game is, is probably like the, the perfect time for that. Yeah. Sorry. That, that, I was, I was agreeing with you hundred percent. Cause like the rebels were so like thrown together or whatever. They were nothing compared to the Confederacy oh, of yeah. independent systems. <laughs> Confederacy of independent systems. <laughs> it's about planets rights. So. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. You're right. Uh, and final game is the Amy Hennig and Skydance. Uh, new media Star Wars game, which I know literally nothing about. I'm curious to see this because I feel like Amy Hennig has been so start and stop for the past 10 years where it's just like she hasn't really made a game since Uncharted 3, right? I feel really bad for Amy Hennig, but she definitely sold her soul to make Uncharted 3 and now she's cursed and can't make a game in it ever again. Yeah, it's like her and Jade Raymond, right? We've yeah. talked about this before on the on the yeah. podcast. I'm just remembering this now, but like it really is just like, oh crap, like I understand you guys are super talented, but also like I haven't seen anything from you in so long that like I'm not saying you're not talented. I'm just saying there isn't like a recent body of work to reiterate how talented you are. And like yeah, I'm kind of I don't want to be like, what have you done for me lately? But what have you done lately? Amy Hennig went to the crossroads, made a deal with the devil that said, hey, I want to make one of the greatest games of all time. And she got it. And then she was never able to make a game again. That was the, yeah, that was I want to I want to make a game better than anything this Neil guy can do. <laughs> no, no offense. I, I just don't care about The Last of Us at all. Me either. Uh, but like Un- Uncharted 3. Fantastic. My favorite in yep. the series. Yep. And God, yeah, I, I need more from Amy. Yep. If, if she actually pulls it together and makes a, a good Star Wars game, I'll be elated. Because here's the thing I was just thinking about today. I think. The Star Wars games have gotten such a shaft in the last decade man like man i just feel like that no one is, has captured the potential of star wars games and it's, it's to the fault of ea to be fair 100 the fault yeah. of ea um yeah. they completely screwed that opportunity up um, fallen order was the only thing in my mind of, of note like battlefront 2 apparently is good now but it's it's too little too late you know battlefront 2 is like borderline perfect now i will yeah. say that but i agree it is too late it was too late 
when yeah. it happened. I absolutely love that game. I think that's like probably like one of the best multiplayer shooters ever made. Wow, that's a high praise. Yeah, that one that one's awesome. And I'm saying that strictly as like a PVE shooter. Like I think the PVE is great. I the the PVP. I'm I'm never convinced that the people I'm playing with aren't cheating somehow. Like I just don't like don't oh, understand yeah. it. Like either this is the only game you play, or there's like auto assist happening. <laughs> Because, like, I'm not terrible at this game, but, like, I don't understand how you snipe me from across the map when, like, you shouldn't have even been able to see me. How much is Battlefront 2 on Steam? Usually, like, 10 bucks. Really? Because if, it, if it's that cheap, I'll buy it. Star Wars Battlefront, it's $7. I'm buying it. $7. Sorry, continue. All right. Uh, the, uh, the, the PvE stuff, they added co-op, where it's, like, basically if you and three other people in, like, a certain you know, scenario where it's like, okay, we're going to play as clones going against the CIS. We're going to play as rebels going against the Empire. We're going to go as First Order against the... The... What were they? <laughs> what were the good guys in, in the new trilogy? It was the Republic. It was the New Republic. Yeah, but they weren't... The Resistance. Sorry, that's what I was trying to remember. Oh, yeah, that was weird, because like they were technically the New Republic, but they were calling themselves the Resistance. Yeah, no still sense. makes no still makes no goddamn sense at all to me. We need to get back <laughs> on that Star Wars podcast, by the way. That'd be super fun. I would 100 percent agree. I have so much to talk about with Star Wars. <sighs> but that's all that's in development from Star Wars. Um, so like I'd say for the I don't think we gave grades. Star Wars Eclipse is never coming out, so we don't need to grade it. Uh respawn and bit reactor Star Wars strategy game. Unless it also comes to Mac, I personally just don't care. I'm I'm never gonna buy a PC. Why, George? Stop I this already, nonsense. Because no, I just I need to do all my art stuff on my on my Mac, and I like it. Uh, the Amy Hennig <laughs> Skydance, I I give that one like a a seven, but also like we'll see because like she's <laughs> I've heard about an Amy Hennig Star Wars game for a long time, you know. So we'll is see there if a, this one happens. Is there a date on the Fallen Order too? Is it twenty three? Oh, double check. <laughs> It was confirmed as officially in development. EA and Lucasfilm conf- games confirmed in early 2022. Um, no, no date. Oh, God. This is my biggest problem with video games right now is long form storytelling. When who knows when the next entry of your story is coming out? It's like uh, it's like waiting for a George R. R. Martin book in perpetuity. Yeah, it's really frustrating. It sucks, right? Because like. Games take a long time to make. And so, like, I totally get why, like, the marketing arm of your company is, like, trying to justify its existence being, like, coming soon, Battlefront 3. Like, I like I get why, like, you want to justify, like, having an entire marketing set. But it's also, like, dude, you can't tell me about a game two years from now. Like, you just can't. Like, that sucks yeah. to hear. So you either need to, like, be more realistic about what you can accomplish in your game and, like, make it sooner and then just, like, add to it over time. Like, make it, like, a platform. I guess. Is yeah, like it drives me crazy because God of War did this too. God of War came out in what, 2018? Yeah. And then maybe they're, 17. They're claiming it's coming out this year, which is very doubtful. But God of War leaves on, off on a cliffhanger and Fallen Order leaves off on a cliffhanger. And I'm like, well, I want to know what happens next. Well, that's a weird thing, right? Because like when movies do that, they generally film those sequels back to back. So you're not yes. waiting more than a year, right? Like, when was the last time you had to wait more than a year for a sequel? Like Dune is going to be the next one. Yes, I, I guess Batman, it. but like normally they do this stuff back to back to back, so you don't have to yeah. wait. You know, the the amount of time it would take your infant child to become a kindergartner to to see what happens next, because that's 
That's too much, man. Life is too short. I can't spend much yeah. more time waiting for what happens next. But Fallen Order had a lot of charm, man. It really did. And Fallen Order was really the first Star Wars game I've played in years where I felt like a Jedi. And the last one was like the Force Unleashed. But the Force Unleashed, I don't know if you've played it lately, not aged the greatest. I haven't played it lately. I really kind of want to grab the Switch version, though, just because that one seems like a good, dumb fun. And like the Switch or the Switch version is the Wii version, which was the PSP version. I actually really love the PSP Whoa. version. Of... So they took the PSP version, put it on Wii and put it on Switch. Oh, like it was the PS2 version was like the lead development. And then they brought the PS2 version. They dumped it down to PSP. Hmm. And then they dumped it the same for for Wii. But like I just remember seeing like the trailer for the Switch version and it was like the same exact cutscenes that I remember from the original game because it's like the, in the original or sorry from the PSP version because like in the original game like you don't fight in like the Jedi archives but you do in the PSP version. Mm, I see. I see. That makes sense. All right. And I, I, I that game's great on PSP. The fact that you can play it on PSP is a miracle. But, you know, PSP lower awesome. standards to to a PSP. We need to have a PSP recap episode someday cuz I love the PSP. I thought I loved the Vita the most, and then I spent more time on my PSP, and the PSP is far superior. Yeah. All right. Well, before we wrap up this week. Yeah, now that we've killed Elijah with that last sentence. Yeah, <laughs> he's just crying. He's probably, I'm probably going to get down to George. He's going to punch me in the face. <laughs> What'd you say? Keep my favorite console's name out of your mouth. Keep my Vita's name out your mouth. <laughs> um... I want to start a new segment this week called Frame Skips Pick of the Week, where we each pick a game alternating. Like, I'm not going to put you on the spot and make you pick a game. I'll pick the first yeah. game. You can pick the game pick, next pick, week, whatever. Pick, pick of the week. week, week. <laughs> pick, pick. Yeah, I like that. Um, my pick this week is going to be Xenoblade Chronicles 2. It's a gorgeous game with a great story that you do not have to play the first one for, and it's got maybe the best art that I've ever seen in any game ever. Whoever developed that game and was like the lead artist for those games did not get paid enough. Whatever it was, double it. And it's got a, a great soundtrack. Voice acting sucks. Everything else, amazing. What's what's Torna? Tornia? Torna was a country in Xenoblade 2 that by the time you start Xenoblade 2, Torna is like gone. So that the the Torna Chronicles, that the, the prequel expansion takes place during like the the fall of Torna. I never beat it, but okay. it's presumably the fall of Torna. Cool. And uh what what type of game is it? Get go into more more details. It's a it's a it's an RPG, but it's not it doesn't fall in between either an action RPG or a turn based RPG because it's it's um it's more of an active time battle. But it's it's maybe if you played straight through you're probably gonna be able to beat it in fifty hours. It's a long game. It's a big game, but it's it's all about. Whereas the first Xenoblade was all about the overarching story, Xenoblade Two is more of a character development based story, um, and it's got some like really fun gotcha elements in it. But you don't have to pay any money for them, which is like amazing. It's it's like the old, the old Pokemon formula, where you get these spheres, open them up, and it might have a legendary blade in it. And there's like 300 legendary blades, and blades are like your companion spirit things that you used to fight with um really great cast of characters a lot of depth to the combat i can't i cannot recommend xenoblade enough great soundtrack 
where does it rank on your list of favorite games the last 10 years? Top five. Top five. All right. Yeah, top Damn, five. That's... Easily. I don't have like an what organized else, list in my head. Yeah. yeah, what else do you need, listeners? Come on. Yeah, come on. Get in there. Um, no, dude. The game that does not get enough love. Xenoblade Chronicles 2 is amazing. I can't wait for the third one. So, really excited. Yeah, that one got bumped up. You excited? Um, yeah, I'm excited to play it. I'm not excited that it got bumped up, though, because I, I just feel like I'm so busy that if it came out right now, I probably wouldn't get to it for weeks. So hopefully I'm less busy when it comes out. That's fair. Anyway. George, any closing thoughts or comments? Let Peter Parker be happy. Let Peter Parker be happy. God damn it. Let, let him grow old. Let him stop worrying about how he's going to pay for rent. I'm not saying that's not like a relatable situation for anyone. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying like, Peter Parker can't spend 40 years having bad luck. Like, it's just, it's, it's too much. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm getting a little sick of it. I can't take it anymore. Can't take it. Yeah, I'm about to go read Amazing Spider-Man number one, the new volume that started. And I can't wait to just text Seth how angry I am and how angry he should be. I just don't. I just, I I feel so apathetic towards it now. Apathetic is is when you don't care, right? Yeah, it, they, they've taken something that I've loved and beat me to death with it. Yeah, but. sure have. I it's funny because I actually really like Brand New Day, but I agree that like that physically hurt you. Me just, you well, no, but it's just you remember when it's like should we bail out the banks in like two thousand eight or should we let them fail and break it and like build them back up to be better? Mm-hmm. It kind of feels like it was a bailout, you know, <laughs> like the, like the equivalent yeah. of like well we can't just like let this thing fail. It's an institution. It's been around forever. And it's like well. Actually, it might be better if you if you just like let it fail, like if you just like, completely <laughs> break it down, and then you can like build it up better. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I don't want to get don't want to get too political here at the hour twenty one. <laughs> um. Well, ladies and gentlemen, on that note, if you liked this, remember to please give us a like and a subscription if you can. Leave us a review. All those things help us out greatly. We really appreciate it, George. Thank you so much for sitting here with me. It's been a fun time. Yeah, it has. I love you so much. Your hair's beautiful. I love beautiful. you too, man. Yeah, I'm bummed I'm not going to see you this week, but uh, I'll I'll do my best. I'll endeavor to see you at some point this summer because I am starting to go a little stir crazy being up in Maine. What? You're telling me you don't have a lot to do up there? I, I like a lot of yard work, yeah. <laughs> a lot of yard work? I'm just saying, I don't really see a lot of people. Like, I see, like, my dad, my sister, their her kid, um her husband and then like one friend. So I, I, I can stand to see some more people, I guess yeah. is what I'm saying. You are free to my hangout time whenever you would like it. All right. Very cool. And I really want to go to Austin's wedding, but I just, I, you couldn't pay me enough money to get on a plane right now. So someone couldn't pay you. If I had an unlimited amount of money, I mean, at first, obviously the answer is yes, but like now to stick to my principles, I have to <laughs> so like, no, I don't care. You take your unlimited money and you shove it up your unlimited. Well, <laughs> fine. I'm taking my 16 billion dollars and going home. That oh, was that's unlimited old... to you. Get get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> buy half right. of Twitter for that. <laughs> All right, ladies that. and gentlemen. Thank you so much. I'll see you next time. Goodbye. Smooch.